0: up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. coming to you for Friday, 1028, episode 293, Create a Destination. Before we get into the content, let me just say, like, share, subscribe, and comment on the show. I don't put any money into advertising, so I count on you, my two listeners, to get the word out. <laughs> I'll explain more of that next week. But, Without further ado, here we go. Okay, so this is a step three, if you will, of the simple plan to educate our children and save our world. Okay, so number one was leave the zoo. We touched on that on Wednesday uh, at some length. Uh, number two was start something new. That was Thursday. We talked about the need for new schools and such. All right, so create a destination. What am I talking about? Okay, so if the plan works, the school districts will shrink. There will be teachers, administrators, various other employees that are out of work. That's not a good thing. We don't want to punish the worker bees for the problems caused by the queen bee. Or the uh, queen of the ants, or however you want to look at it, and I'm not comparing them to insects. I'm just saying it's that's kind of how it works, right? The 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 little guy always gets stomped on first, right? So we don't want to do that. We want for these people to be valued. We want for them to you know, take part in society, if you will. So we're looking at creating a secondary or a alternative uh, culture and society. There are plenty of good teachers that will probably be sacked. We want to put them to work. So if we've started new schools, we've started co-ops, and we're doing homeschooling, there's going to be opportunities for these folks to go to work. Now, here's the other piece of this puzzle, right? We have a whole lot of people that are retired or semi-retired. They've worked their entire lives, and they want to take it easy now. But this is a unique period in time in history where you can actually retire and not work. And I I'm afraid that's coming to an end. So how much better would it be for those of you who are semi-retired or fully retired that have a nice little nest egg? How much better would it be for you to invest in the next generation? Start a business with your grandchildren or your children if you're still that young and build something up. That'll be a reoccurring income for you. That'll be some protection for you, but you're providing and setting up the next generation and they can build out a business, a service, a production, something. Get them involved in what's going on from day to day. You're going to have to create your own business because you cannot count on having a job with a factory or with a any business really, they're going with automation. They're going with as few people working as possible to maximize their profits. And as a business goes, I respect that. I think it's maybe a mistake, but when you have super long supply chains, you run into problems because you can't get materials or you can't get things built. So I would suggest to you just humbly that maybe just maybe there's an opportunity for a business that does metalworking, fabrication, which would need welders, machinists, and such. Those are good, high-paying, blue-collar jobs that are highly skilled and technical. There are plenty of plumbers out there at the moment. Not enough to meet demand, mind you, but why not start a plumbing business? Or raise your uh, children up instead of sending them to four years' worth of college so they can get a degree in bitterness studies. Put them through a program to where they can be a plumber or electrician. I mean... I foresee a future where we're going to need highly trained and skilled individuals that do electrical work, that do plumbing work, that can weld. Why wouldn't we take advantage of what's still currently available? We're going to have to create our own future. We're going to have to create something that functions alongside the decaying empire. Oh, you know I was going to go there, did you? (laughs) As Christians... As conservatives, I use that term lightly or semi-descriptively, liberty lovers, we recognize the value that people have. We recognize the intrinsic value of an individual. And we want to work together to protect individuals. But the best way to protect an individual is to come together as a community. When a community is on the same page and works together, they become stronger. One of the issues we have is we have a ginormous country of 330 million people or whatever the number is, which is nothing compared to China or Indonesia, or uh, India. I grant you that. But we're trying to run an entire country from one city on the East Coast, but largely led by a bunch of incompetent morons, in my humble opinion. Well, and that's the other thing, guys. In case I haven't reminded you this week, this co- show is called According to Callous because it's largely based upon my opinions and my understandings of things. And if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me you can post comments, you can text, you can email, whatever works for you. And if I truly find myself to be wrong, I will correct myself. I'm not afraid to be wrong from time to time. Sometimes you misunderstand and sometimes you just get things blatantly wrong. But unlike elected officials, I can admit when I'm wrong and I am willing to embrace the education that I get out of it. So where was I? Oh, yes. We have to work on an alternative to protect our families, to protect our communities, protect our culture, however you want to phrase it, whatever works best for you. That's one of the reasons why I support Texas. That's one of the reasons why I'm not afraid of the term Christian nationalist. That's one of the reasons why I embrace the idea that individuals are tribal by nature. As long as you're not attacking the next tribe over, who cares? I, I'm i not offended when I drive down the street and I see the first chinese baptist church or whatever or korean or indian or whatever none of that offends me but why is it that we're bad guys when we have a quote-unquote white suburban church and we're somehow not doing the lord's work because you know it's white people it's stupid it's silly on the face of it but people buy this stuff We have to separate ourselves to some degree from that culture, some degree from the problem. So if you pull the children out of the school, you create different education networks and you build out from that education network to a society whereupon you have craftsmen, you have creators, you have builders, you have people that are not afraid to get their hands dirty, but can make a successful life out of what they have. But that's going to require investment. And those funds are readily available by a whole lot of grandparents and in some cases, parents, rather than going on an extra trip or an extra cruise or retiring to Hawaii or Montana or wherever. Well, rather than just checking out from society, which I must admit is very tempting and at times I find myself drawn in that general direction. But if we're going to fight for what matters, if we're going to fight for our families, if we're going to fight for our community, the best way to do it is invest into it. If you belong to a good church and that church has built that school and that church is investing, that would be a good opportunity to offer other things through there. I, you know, there are so many things that could be done if we would just have the people willing to invest some money. And that's part of the problem that we have on, quote, unquote, the conservative side of things. We're all very individualistic by nature, but we don't want to invest in other people. We don't want to work together for a greater good. Oh, don't get me wrong. I know there's plenty of us rabble rousers and these are activists out there and that we have no problem working together and putting aside minor differences for the greater good. But the vast majority of our people that vote our way and support our actions, they won't. I'm here to tell you that the cushy lifestyle that we've all enjoyed since the end of World War II till now is not going to last a whole lot longer, at least not without a fight. And now there's the opportunity to, to put in, to put your nose to the grindstone, to put your shoulder into it, to step out, take a leap of faith and take action. I've talked about maybe we can open a bookstore slash library coffee house. I've talked about making an event center. Why would you want an event center? Well, let me just tell you. There's lots of meetings that are going on. There's lots of gatherings that take place. And it's becoming difficult to find somebody that will rent you space for a reasonable amount of money. And I suspect, I don't know this for a fact, but I suspect it has to do with who's coming to speak or what group is going to be there rather than the actual need for that actual amount of money to break even or make a profit. I mean, even the churches are doing it. And look, if it's really truly that you need that, whatever amount of money it is for it to be worth your while, I respect that. I find a hard time believing it in some cases, but okay, fine. That's your right. It's, it's your building. It's owned by your parish, your congregation. I get it private businesses. They don't want to get lumped in with, you know, some of those crazy patriots out there, the ignorant mob, whatever. So fine. Why don't we just buy a building and turn it into an event center? I mean, we can host, uh, weddings on weekends and political meetings during the week. And if we get real froggy, depending on how big it is, We can hold seminars during the week, during the day. We can do educational programs. There's so many things we can do. It just takes a little imagination. Oh, and money. We have to part with some of that money that we've set aside for our lazy, crazy days of summer later in life and invest now. Invest while we can make a difference. Invest in the next generation, whether it's your children or your grandchildren or your nieces or your nephews. Or if you don't have any kids, what are you going to do with that money? You can't take it with you. Invest. And if you're if you're not comfortable with giving it to a church, I get it. That's fine. Give it to a community group. Give it to an organization. At this point, the good Republican in me says you should give it to the party. But I won't tell you that because, quite frankly, uh, I won't speak for anything. I, I would I would trust Collin County GOP. I can't stay for anybody else, so don't don't throw your money at a party, throw it at, a, at an organization, a group, a a community group. I, invest. You can make that difference right now, but they're afraid. They don't want to do it. They don't see the advantages. They don't understand it. They need to be sold on what can be done. You know, is it any doubt that if you dump in a few thousand apartments in a city, that you are going to change? The demographic outlook, you're going to change the dynamic, you're going to change the socioeconomic output of that city. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Being generous here, folks. But if we're not investing in ourselves, if we're not creating our own communities, if we're not going to build upon the community that already exists, we can't complain when the other side does it. We can't complain when they take over. Now, just as an aside here to fill in a little gap here, you may notice there's been some denomination splitting as of late. Yes, the the progressives, the lefties, they've bored their way into uh, leadership in a great number of these mainline churches. And when the actual parishioners or congregations figure out what's going on, they want to leave. But when they try to take their church and take back control of it. They're informed, well, we actually own the building and the land and you all can go somewhere else, but we're going to keep it. And then they run those things into the ground because they don't have near enough people or buying or input to take care of it. I was talking to somebody just the other day and he was remarking on how, you know, there used to be, uh, an Elks Club. There used to be, um, the Woodsmen. There used to be all these different groups that looked out for their own community. He lamented that that really doesn't exist anymore. And he was actually, he was talking about some of the lodges. And for those of you that don't know, you know, the Masonic lodges. Okay. Now, despite whatever mixed feelings some of you may have about that group, and I have my own, he brought up a valid point that young people are not interested. They don't see the value. Well, you got to ask yourself, why isn't there a value? What is it that they used to do that they're not doing now? What is it that they consider important that is no longer important? Is it just society as a whole? Is it a a generational thing? Or is it just that it ran its natural course? I don't know the answer to it, but I would imagine there's an opportunity waiting to be exploited there. And I don't think anybody's going to get rich. I don't think anybody looks at this investment as another form of retirement. No. It's an investment. It's a way to work towards something special. It, it's it's a way to make a difference long term. One of the things that and, and I gotta tell you guys, honestly, A lot of what I'm talking about is an amalgamation of other ideas and other conversations that I've either taken part in or overheard or listened to or however you want to phrase it. So none of this is unique. But like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. These very same issues have always existed. The solutions are simple. They're not easy, but they're simple. You just have to be willing to do it. And the question is, do we have half a dozen Retired or semi retired people that got a million or two million dollars sitting in some kind of investment portfolio that may or may not be making any money for them this month or this year that might be willing to pony up to put a down payment on to an entertainment venue. I don't know. Do we? I've got several hundred people that listen to every episode now. I'd be curious to see what their output is on that. I mean, You don't even have to tell me or ask me. Just do it. Find a couple of partners and do it. There is so many things that we could be doing now. The iron is hot. We need to be striking. We have to create something that is both advantageous and attractive. If you want to save the society, if you want to build a community, you have to take a step of faith. You have to invest in it. And unfortunately, conservatives just typically don't do that. Now, progressives... They do it for their own motivations and it's usually their power elite oligarch that does it and they do it to manipulate events. We're doing it as a defensive action to push back and hold the line. And honestly, there's just not a lot of people that are lining up to do this. And I know, you know, there's, there's a few big wheels in Texas that put their money where their mouth is. One of them ran for governor. Unfortunately, Didn't even get the force of runoff on the current guy. But be that as it may, there are very few people that are willing to put their money where their mouth is. But we need more. We need a lot more. If you want to keep Texas, Texas, if you want to protect things that are valuable to you in your life, that requires that you put some skin in the game. Now, look, I'm 50 years old, I don't have a fat bankroll. I work my tail off during the day. I do the podcast on the side. I do all my political stuff when I have time to fit it in. Plus, I still have family responsibilities. But you know what? If somebody came to me and said, We got this idea, we think we can do this, and it doesn't even matter what the this is, and they said, We'd like you to come alongside, or we'd like you to help out, or we'd like your input, or how can you help us with this? You know what? I'd be excited, enthusiastic to get involved in that. If that this means we're going to carry on the ideas that I've just laid out. What if we, I don't know, just speculating here, but what if we as individuals invested in some little town on the outskirt of Collin County or maybe over in Hunt County or over in... uh, what is it? Cook County, Grayson County, Fannin County. What? What if we went and invested in some little town there, and we created a kind of a little local renaissance? What would that look like? Perhaps you start a little restaurant. Perhaps you, perhaps you start a little uh, store, like a fruit stand or something. Perhaps you um, put in some trading center. Perhaps you do uh, some kind of. Alternative education program, perhaps you put in uh an r v park you know temporary uh, stay stuff, perhaps you invest in buying old buildings that are sitting empty and refurbishing them and put different businesses or or just lease out the business or lease out to another business owner. These are all things that could be done if only we have people that are willing to take some of their Savings and invested in something other than a stock, other than a bond. You don't control that money. You've handed it over to an investor who's got your entire life in his hands. Do you think he really cares about anything other than his payout? Oh, I know there's some good ones. I know one personally. I trust my life with him. But I got just a tiny, itty bitty nest egg. But if you got a million bucks sitting in the investments, Why wouldn't you look at investing something right out your back door or the next county over where you could really make a huge difference, where that investment pays dividends for your family for generations to come? Okay, so fine, you own stock in Tesla, you own stock in Google, big deal, so what? Yeah, you made a little bit of money on it, so what are you going to invest in now? How about something tangible? How about an asset that appreciates over time? I'm just thinking here, just spitball. We have to do the work to make the difference. The progressives are doing it, and it's not to our benefit. As a matter of fact, it's very detrimental that we have ceded that to them, just like many churches have ceded the protection of the flock. Many churches have ceded having good shepherds. Many schools are more concerned about things that are not educationally related We have $160 million stadiums, but the children can't read. I mean, where are our priorities? If you call yourself a conservative, you have to consider what is my priority. If you say you're a Christian, you have to question yourself, what are my priorities? How would God, how would, what is it, uh, what would Jesus do, right? What's the best way to go forward here? If you care about liberty, your first and foremost goal ought to be is how do I defend liberty? How do I expand liberty? I and again, I gotta be completely honest. There is a part of me that wishes that it was possible to move an hour away into the middle of the nowhere, live on a couple of acres, and just say I forget about it. I'm gonna live my own life, not worry about anybody else. The problem is As much as I would like to not care about politics, politics cares about me. As much as you don't want to care about politics, politics cares about you. Because there's somebody in some elected or administrative office somewhere that doesn't want you to have any more liberty, any more freedom. Quite frankly, in many cases, they don't want you to have any extra money. And we continue to tolerate that and they know it. This is the way to fight back. I've given you three simple steps, and I know they're not easy. I know it's a challenge. I know it requires a leap of faith. But at this point, what do you got to lose? At the very best, best case scenario, you sweep the elections in 2022, and the president comes riding in on a white horse. But that doesn't fix the economy. It doesn't fix the debt. It doesn't fix the moral decay. It doesn't fix most anything. It just puts a shiny new veneer on the leadership of our country. You're putting faith in people that have, quite frankly, no interest in what you want. They have no interest in what we, the people, want. And I would be very leery on anybody that believes That a single individual elected president can fix all our problems. Much less a Congress. (laughs) That if you've been watching is a mess. They're not going to fix our problems. Our own state of Texas which is arguably one of the best states. No uh, it is the best state in the union. But we have manifold problems that we refuse to address and the very quote-unquote conservative Republicans that we send back time and time again give us breadcrumbs to keep us on board. But the alternative is so much worse. So we feel like we have no other option, but I'm giving you right now, right here, other options. You don't check out of the system. You create a new system. You don't fight them on their turf. You bring bring the battle, or I'm sorry, you leave that battle behind and you create new turf. You don't fight something that you can't possibly win. You fight on your own terms. You create your own new future. And when government looks to come and impose themselves upon you, you have a plan of action to push back. You have a plan of action to resist them. But you can only do that if you work on the next generation to create a future worth fighting for. To build up that trust, that loyalty, that community that is necessary for any good society to function. Like I said, simple steps. They're not easy, but they are simple. And I'm asking you, if you're out there, if you're listening to me, if this is the slightest bit of interest to you, take that step. Now, I'd love to hear you tell me what it is you're going to do or what you think but I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beg you for it. I mean, if you, if you want to send me an email or a text or call me and say, Hey, Callis, I heard what you had to say. That's a great idea. And I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Awesome. The feedback would be awesome. If you want to just call and tell me I'm crazy. Okay. I'll listen to that too, but that's eh, kind of a waste of your time and mine. And while we're on the, t- <laughs> while we're on the topic of wasting time, So you may recall about two weeks ago, I put out a call for anybody who had had experiences in the school district that was willing to go and talk to me about it. So I've had one conversation and it was not encouraging. I have another person that has two more people that would be willing to come talk to me, but I advised that since they were still in the district, it probably wouldn't be a good idea. You know, you say, well, there's no retribution. You shouldn't have to worry about that. They would never go after your kids. Really? Really? That's what caused the majority of this problem right now. They are, in fact, going after your kids. Wake up. Get involved. Right now, we can make a difference. All right. Next week, we'll be looking at, uh, talking about some current events. Uh, we'll, of course, have a Texas or a Texas Tuesday. And, uh. We're going to have some fun. I mean, I can beat us into the ground with all the negative things. All the all the difficulties. But who wants to do that? I'm trying to remain even keel and have a positive outlook on the possibilities of what we can do. That is actually one thing I think that Glenn Beck does a pretty good job at. It's one thing Rush Limbaugh did a really good job at. They were always trying to be positive. No matter how bad it got. Oh, well, you can do this, or maybe this will be better. I've given you steps on how we can get to a better future. The question is, is anybody going to be willing to take that step with me? With that, this was According to Callus. I will see you on the other side, which will be Monday.